Hello, everybody, and welcome back to And I'm All Set. I am Pyro, joined again with my partners in crime, Minnie and Nazum, and again, amazing special guest host, Trevor, Trevor, Dr. Root's grandson, Trevor, from the last from the last stream. Just kidding. He's really not Dr. Ruth's grand grandson. That was just a joke. Um, but today's <laughs> episode is Tube TV and Channel 3. We'll be taking a look back at technology we had as kids and growing up in the dawn of an ever-expanding world of technology for entertainment. So, how's my favorite people doing? I'm doing well today. How are you? Uh, I'm alive. I woke up this morning. So I started. Well, that's off, a good thing. Started off <laughs> the right good way. Thing. Yeah, I am. I am doing very well, thank you. No, I'm doing great as well. Thanks for having me back again, guys. Yeah, anytime. So Ooh, far, you are our absolute favorite guest host. Best guest so far. Yes. <laughs> See if I can top <laughs> last last week. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I kind of just wanted to. Um, get back to the roots of things. I'm really excited about this one because we talk so much about what technology is today in social media and online communities and relationships. It all had to start from somewhere. So we're going back to the beginning as to what we start with technology. Now, obviously, uh, TV and radio and that sort of thing existed before our time. But, well, before our time. <laughs> but um, as we grew up through the 90s, we were in the prime position that we got to see it explode and evolve at such an exponential rate. Oh, yeah. Um, that it's just been, if you look back at the history over the past 30 years of what technology was then as to what it is now, it's just mind boggling how oh, yeah. far we've actually come. Definitely. And oh, no, go ahead, sir. Oh, I say, could could this moment ever happen again? Think of it that way too, right? Oh, From having next to nothing happening, like pre pre internet to to the internet that we have today, even the start of the internet. It's uh, we have come a long ways, and I I it's weird to think how far it is there, and uh, just are we going to get a leap like this in the future as well? It's very interesting thought. I honestly, I, just to jump in on that one real quick, I think we will. Um, but probably I would say when we are at the age where we were like, how do we set the time on this goddamn VCR? I'm tired of seeing it. Blink at 12. Oh, day, 12 a.m. 12 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I almost missed my appointment. In the Zoom? I've always, yeah, like I've often wondered, like we've gone from like the 80s having like Tron like graphics where it's like literally squiggly lines and pong to, and we watched it slowly evolve to like where you've got teams of thousands of people across different continents making one particular game and it's, or even yeah, film. It looks amazing. Or yeah. film. Yeah. Um, film video game graphics cgi in general yeah. it's like what 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 did you work on on this on this movie slash game um uh, 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 the way the hair flows in the wind yep and that, that's a whole job it's a whole gig <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like no i attach the foam balls to the green suits <laughs> i was the one who colored the nipples 
<laughs> yeah, like it's insane to me. And where it did, it feels like it was a slow progression, I'm sure, to some. When in the grand scheme of things, it was lightning fast. It was so oh, yeah. quick. Oh, definitely. And it was so innovative so quickly um, that it just went by in a flash. So I want to look back at those days, back to the time that you remember your first TV, your first computer, your first uh, favorite piece of technology, and go from there. So I know when I was growing up, I thought I was the bee's knees because I had a 19-inch tube TV in a wood panel casing, and that was very large back then. Oh, I remember those. Um, We had one. Anybody who doesn't know what a tube TV is, um, they're televisions with a curved screen, but not curved like we know it now, where it curves out towards you, it curved backwards, like so it was bubble. almost a dome. Yeah. Um, and then the tubing went back into the TV, and it was quite far. Like, they stuck out probably about a good foot and a half uh, in the back just from all the equipment, and they weighed a ton. Think of a giant microwave. Yeah, so it was that, almost deeper than it was the the screen size, like yeah. deeper oh, than absolutely. it was wide. Yeah, and so that was the only TV we had in the house. We did not have a TV in every room because they were so expensive um, on top of being what they were. So we only had one. Uh, so it's always that constant fight over who got to watch one of the 20 channels that were available at that time. So what was the first TV that you ever remember having? Pyro. For me, uh, it would be that same exact one you were talking about in the living room. Um, but <laughs> unlike you, um, eventually, uh, I, I want to say at least like seven, eight, we, me and my brother shared a bedroom. And we, we did have our own TV in our bedroom. Um, oh, lucky. Yeah. Yeah, we were spoiled. Like, I'm not even going to say that we weren't. So, yeah, but that big wood panel TV was definitely... And that you want to know what's funny though? That thing lasted a long time because, like, that it was did. like my dad's family's TV. <laughs> when <laughs> like, I moved out, when I moved out, when I was pregnant with my oldest son, I took that TV with me. Like, <laughs> that's TVs how transcended. Long that thing they transcended generations, right? They did. <laughs> Trevor, what was your first TV? Uh, the the ones coming to mind for me, I can't remember what the first TV would have been, but I remember my grandparents' house and. It was, I think, maybe a 13-inch, and it was black and white, and it had the the top where I think you could put it to you, and you had channels maybe 2 through 13, but at the top, you go to to you, and then you had probably channel 14 to maybe channel like 82 on the bottom dial, so every time you manually hit it there, to go to different (laughs) channels, and yeah, there was, what, a dozen channels that we could get there. We could get uh, some of the American shows some of the canadian shows depending on how the antennas were the manual antennas to to move it around to get a little more so that yeah. that's that's my first recollection of uh of a tv for sure what was technology looking like on your side of the pond there in Zoom? very interesting because we didn't we had one tv so i i'm looking back now we i must have been five six seven roughly around that time when we were living in our old house and it was it was a small TV, 18, 19 inches, wooden panels across the side. I'm trying to think what it is, but I can vaguely remember it could only be only had four 
four normal TV channels at that time. One, two channel, BBC, BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, and Channel Four. Those are the four main four main TV channels that are broadcasted. But you would have this little knob. There was no no space for any extra channels. So to change a channel, you'd have to get up. You wouldn't have remote control. You'd have to go and flick the dial. Like you know, like you have a microwave button but instead of it being filled yep. you can't put it across <laughs> it's like every single one i had nice i can remember this like little chunk like every time you do it it's like literally something's just pounding the the, the back of the tv and all of a sudden it's yep the tv's just changed channel um so yeah that was that's my earliest recollection um of an earliest memory of the tv um now, a lot of us um, from that time with those primitive fun TVs, uh, the first thing that we were ever introduced to for uh, in-home entertainment for movies, aside from what was on uh, antenna or cable at the time, we had the VCR. Oh, yeah. And oh, yes. <laughs> the VCR was an interesting piece of equipment. It was the best that friend that we all hated. <laughs> exactly, because half the time they didn't work properly, or they skipped, or the tracking was off, or someone they forgot to rewind tape. My the video, yes. they ate the tape, someone jammed a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in there. I'm not going to lie, though. My favorite thing about VCR was the shitty audio. So, oh, yeah. and, and what you don't get now, because everything's streaming, is the coming attractions. And that was like... That was like the yes. best part of the shitty audio because it would have like this music that like effect that would play to let you know you're about to watch coming attractions. And then it would be the guy that'd be like, and now for future coming attractions. But that there would be like, a, like din -din -din. but because it was on VCR at the, the very beginning of the music as it started was like warped a little bit. So yes. it, was, it was just like, I, I don't know what it is, but like you can look that up on YouTube, by the way. Um, that sound gets me every time. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, give me some more of that sound. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm a huge film person. So when it comes to movies and stuff like like that's you want to talk dirty to me. Let's talk about horror movies and comedies. Let's let's go. talk, Let's talk about Steven Spielberg. <laughs> let's do it. Sorry, let me make a note here in my my Palm Pilot. <laughs> That's it. So, so along with the VCR um, came this concept that people had far before what Netflix is, what it is today, and it was the video rental store. And I was thinking about this earlier because we all had our own versions of it. Uh, but they had released a documentary on Netflix, uh, not recently, but within the last few months, that was called The Last Blockbuster. And I remember when video stores were popping up everywhere, like at Tim Hortons on a Canadian street corner. They were everywhere. And it was almost an event to go out on Friday night with your parents and your siblings or your friends or whatever. I go and rent movies and video games. It wasn't just something you went out and did. It was just this whole thing that you looked forward to, to the end of the week. Cause you know, you were getting snacks. You knew your weekend was going to be absolutely lit. So was that something that you partake, partook in when you were, were growing up? Was that ritual? Definitely. Hell yes. 
Uh, that was yeah. my thing. Uh, Friday night. All right, guys, let's go to so and so. Well, fuck it. We could say it because they don't exist anymore. Let's go to for me. It was major video and I would go look through all the movies, end up in the horror section and basing my selection <laughs> mainly on the cover art. And naturally, the cover art never matched the actual film, <laughs> which, you know, eh, in some cases, yeah, it disappointed me that the fact that the dude actually never took his face off like it depicted on the cover, which I was looking forward to. But it was also like, but I have a thing for B-grade horror movies. And then yeah. I would venture into the comedy section because after I scared the shit out of myself, I needed to relax myself to sleep by watching something funny. And it was usually something with uh, either Robin Williams or Paulie Shore. <laughs> I still do that now. I started that when I was a kid myself yeah. for the exact same reason. And I still do that to this day that if I watch a horror movie and it's left me like, e, I yep. still have to watch something really. It's usually community. And then I would honestly. spend an hour looking at the same three games in the rental shelf, but I couldn't decide which one. Well, we'll get to the games. We will get to the games yep. because that's coming up next. But did they have anything like that where you are in a Zoom? Now, here's something that they really talk about. My dad, uh, my dad had a shop, and that's no secret. I've, I've spoken about that, but inside my dad's shop, he always had a little video rental business. It was a little corner of the shop and he was doing that. Like, I think I posted that little card that I had, my little video rental card. That was yes. once from my dad's shop. And the thing is, is we never made the the, the routine trips. I both block those blockbuster year and when we come to a gaming side, that's my first experience of a blockbuster. But generally for us, my dad would always bring home the we used to call them samples but they were the videos that were sent to like film classification to like uh reviewers that kind of thing and they were all time coded so you'd have the running time in the top corner but they were genuine genuine things that we always had whenever the the rep would come to take the monthly order they'd leave a whole bunch of samples so in terms of in terms of videos, there were ne we were never short of anything to watch. When I was in my old house, we I can't remember watching stuff there. I know whenever I was in the shop and uh, over the summer, we would just be left in, in the little video kind of section watching videos one after another because, well, you know, out the way, out of mind, not making any fuss or anything like that. But, yeah. We we never made that virtual. We never needed to because. So you're kind of deprived of that entire experience growing up. Going to the video um, rental now, store. Now, Trevor, I don't know if you remember this. Trevor would um, remember this, I guess, more so being local. Mm -hmm. um, Jumbo Video. Oh, yes. And going there and getting your bag of popcorn. And the children's section was put into that castle in the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> That really right. big uh, yep. cardboard castle. And then there was a, a section for games and everything else. Um, was that something that, that you used to do growing up as well? We, uh, when I was younger, we did, we did kind of have the ritual. I think it was probably, it was one place specifically that it is still around today, but just not... Uh, 
I guess not as uh, not as popular as some of the other other names of places there, like no blockbuster or that. But we'd go there. I think it was probably every Friday night, and we'd get something there for our for our Friday night, and then probably on Saturday day. And yeah, it'd be me and my brother. We were able to go and pick uh, a movie each, and then my parents could pick a movie. And I think there was probably a deal of you get three movies, and yeah, it was go off to the new releases and uh, track them what you want. And it was always it was such a big deal. So it's like you you didn't want to get a bad pick because you're like you, and as Pyro's bringing up there, you see the 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 media art on the front and you're like this looks awesome but you didn't know you didn't have uh you didn't have the trailers the way it was and of course the beginning of the of the movies would show you oh that looks awesome i want to see that trailer i got to remember to see that but all the album art on it there was just there the the video art was was awesome and yeah we would go there we'd get the popcorn as well this place sold popcorn so you could bring popcorn home and it, it was a ritual like it really was and poor nazoom not being able to go now Oh wait! And real quick though, and <laughs> what everybody needs to remember too is movies didn't come out as fast as they do now. No, so like, you'll oh, see, absolutely not. Yep, you'll see a trailer <laughs> for um, a movie, and then you'll completely forget about that movie. And then next thing you know, it's like either you'll see a thirty-second trailer in, in a commercial, and we'll talk about commercials at some point in time, um, and. Or the beginning of a movie theater film, but you you won't really remember it until it hits the video store shelf, and then you're like, "Oh my god, I forgot about that movie! I wanted to see that movie so bad, and now it's here! This is freaking <laughs> awesome!" Oh, what about yes. when it's the popular release, and you go and you see the you see the the cover there, but you go to move uh, remove it from the and front it's of it, gone. There, yeah, it's gone, yeah, all empty, all thirty seven yep. copies. Kids today will never know that yeah, disappointment. So, well, you would ask them too, like, are there any behind the counter? Did anybody, anybody return? return it? Yeah. 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 Any absolutely. reserves nobody picked up on time? Now, <laughs> blanket question. Are there any video stores still open in your area? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we have one here. One specifically it's, that I know of. Yes. It's not a name brand like they used to be. There used to be thousands of chains, um, whether it be national or like Dunkin' Donuts, for instance, is start, is like national now, but it was a New England thing when I grew up. It was only a New England thing when I when I grew up. So there was certain video stores that were a chain, but specifically for New England. And yeah, we had those here too with things yeah. like Prime Picks. Yep. Yeah. Um, nothing. There's nothing here in the UK um, that's physical bricks and mortar online. I'm pretty sure there are services out there, but in terms of bricks and mortar, no, there's not a single. I doubt you'll find one within like a hundred mile radius of of here. Right. Right. Oh, that's sad. So <laughs> you kind of touched down on something I wanted to address as well um, in terms of aside from uh, movies being a prolonged form of entertainment that you could, you know, tape your your favorite shows or whatever have you um, and fast forward commercials and everything else. We have you used to have to wait all week for what was going to happen next what cliffhanger was going to be resolved in or you know two or three months until a season premiere before we knew what was going to happen in our favorite show oh, and yes. you would be waiting 
all day until a very specific time that that program was going to come on. And that was the joy that you got that week. Um, And that only got a very limited amount of time before it was commercial, 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 commercial. So, And they would always go to commercial on a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. Like something really exciting like was about to happen. And then all of a sudden it's just like, do you or someone you know suffer from diabetes? (laughs) (laughs) or the one program you were waiting for all week gets interrupted by an emergency broadcast or a presidential address or something breaking news this just in a dozen cows are on the interstate right now traffic is blocked up for miles we're going to terry for the helicopter view yeah yes and commercials used to be absolutely ridiculous are there any that really pop out in your mind oh Pizza Hut commercials with the extra cheesy cheese pizza. Oh, and yeah. The dad would grab a slice and then he's walking around the house with the slice and there's still cheese attached to the pizza sitting in the kitchen. And it's just wrapping around everything. And then finally he sets it down and the baby grabs the piece of pizza. And next thing you know, the pizza, the pizza and the baby are just flying around the house following the path of, of the cheese. Uh, <laughs> by far, my favorite commercial or the California <laughs> grapes. Oh God, you're bringing up oh, so many memories raisins. now. Yeah, California yes. raisins. Yes. This guy fucking I saying grapes. Them. I'm sorry. Yeah, That's okay. <laughs> grapes are raisins. Raisins are grape. you don't, grapes. They don't discriminate here. Oh, grapes. Well, why no? Because they always sing the song. I heard it to the grapevine. That's True. why. So we, I, and I've touched down on this actually in previous podcasts. I think it was actually the first podcast um, when we had the um, the commercials for things like the Canadian House Hippo uh, and those moments and the Don't You Put In Your Mouth Blue Singing Fuzzy Puppets <laughs> 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 and all that wonderful stuff that I still have to send you guys. And those are, I'm curious if there's anything absolutely ludicrously crazy like that on your side of things, Nizum. I can't actually recall anything because we don't get these. Like, so we are quite fortunate. Like, but especially when growing up, we had four main channels. Two of them were advert, advert three. Yeah, yay for TV license money. Um, so they were advert three. So and they were, and at that time, a lot of money was being put into original shows, and some of those original shows have made it all the way across the world you know like things like faulty towers and you know mr bean and all of those they were all i believe off the top of my head bbc kind of productions uh so those two channels there were very few adverts the others after a certain time where you had the watershed moment like we were never allowed to watch tv on those channels because it would always be like yeah you can't fast forward it and with my parents being you know, muslim and all of that stuff you know but there's no way of of knowing what content would come after that watershed moment so but in terms of adverts i can't think of anything anything absolutely crazy like yeah. I just I just assume that your advertisements over there, being how proper that you are, most of the time, 
Um, <laughs> I just imagine it being something like, oh, buy our tea. It's all ripping good time. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> and it's back to your show about socks or whatever. So <laughs> show about socks? <laughs> what do you think in the zoo? Just watch socks shows? Do you, do you ever remember sock. the... The commercial, the Mr. Bucket commercial. Mr. Bucket, I'm bucket for fun. No, it's yeah. just, I think so. I look I, at the I, balls I, pop out of my mouth, and you put them in at the top of my head. Oh. Yes. Yeah, that, I was just thinking of that. I just, I remember Mr. Bucket put your balls in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, you would that's, remember that. That's all I remember about that. So my favorite commercials... Um, and how I was eventually introduced to the wonderful world that brought all of us together. My favorite commercials were always up-and-coming video game commercials. And oh, yeah. what to anticipate for the new year from Nintendo. Because they got downright crazy sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like, the, some of those commercials now are just so inappropriate, it never would have Especially today. Sega. Sega's uh, right? commercials were insane, and then it would always end with, SEGA! so that's where i originally got the knowledge that something called video games existed and at that time um i realized that my father had one of the systems that it was being advertised for and not in a home entertainment system that we knew through nintendo when that started but through the Atari 2600 and the Commodore 64. Yeah, buddy. So, same. what were your first six? Yours were the same. What Mine about you, were Trevor? The exact same. Same. Just the Atari, not the Commodore. Yeah, 2600. I I didn't have the Commodore either, but 2600. And I don't even know how it got in our house. I think my dad, same way. I think he yeah. had it because I remember it was there, and it was like, here's some games. Like, play these games and. To get those games, we rented some of the games. We bought a bunch of games, and it was it blew my mind playing that. Oh, it you was, had it, more than one. We had more than one. We probably had like no. six or seven. Yeah. I had like three: Pitfall, Pac Man, and yep. ET. I had ET too. Oh, and God. <laughs> yep. and that was the one game I played. And every time I play that, I ended up in the goddamn pit. No matter where yep. you went, you're trying to get up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> extend your neck, and <laughs> you still can't get up. Still can't get out. Nope. And then Nintendo was the second now, Nizum, one. I never had any of the Commodores or the Amigas. And that's kind of considering, I believe, Commodore. Was it Commodore? Was it, was it Clive Sinclair? Was it Clive Sinclair? He was behind Spectrum. He, anyways, either way, I never had any of those systems. But my, my first system was a Master, say, a master System. And I... Okay. My... my brother at the time my older brother he had it when he purchased it he saved up all his money and he was in high school at that time so we're talking 13 14 that kind of age um and he saved up all his money and yeah just firing it up for the first time alex the kid was built in and on this tiny tv and you're like sat literally less than two feet away from a TV because the cords weren't too long on the controller. Yeah, just mesmerized by what's going on on screen. And me being a little kid at the time, I didn't get it. I was allowed minimal goes on that thing because it's like, yeah, you're going to break it. This is my computer. You can't play right. on it. You can watch 
or you can have this controller hold it this and it's a spare controller <laughs> but it's not connected to anything so it's like oh yeah <laughs> yeah i still play that prank on my kids it doesn't work so well anymore that they're a bit older but right. it was uh i would spend so much time on the commodore 64 um and it would annoy my dad because he wanted to use it and couldn't because i was always on it and the one weekend he woke me up early and we went this is going to be a very canadian moment we went down to canadian tire and we were going through past seasonal they used to have an electronic section and while we were there my dad bought me my first super nintendo Ooh. oh nice um and he it came with super mario world and he bought f-zero apparently under the impression that he would ever be able to get near the thing <laughs> um which I still actually have to this day. I still have the Nintendo. I still have both those games. They still work um, because the system just lasted forever. Uh, what was your first progression into evolving technology? Pyro. Uh, all right. So my first, you know, obviously VCR and then the Atari was my first gaming system that we enjoyed via my dad and then one christmas we got uh the nintendo i still have yeah, the original nes the original nes which i still have <laughs> i still have it still works um and the only thing that's wrong with it is i misplaced the controllers so yeah i can't play it because oh no <laughs> but Surprisingly enough, you can get controllers very easily on the internet. So I, I, I am looking into that. But yeah, it was. It I have was, a couple. It was. I just remember constantly getting into fistfights with my brother over playing. And he would do the same shit. Like he would, you know, oh, let's take the controller. And like I'd be like, you're thinking I'm playing and he's playing the whole time. Or it would be plugged in and there's no second player. And he's just, you know. You wonder why we have trust issues, eh? Right, exactly. Yeah, this is this is what developed our trust issues yeah. with our siblings and where the X button actually is. Yeah, it was funny. And the whole thing about that, too, is like me and my brother were both Trevor, gamers. did you? Uh... I got it. Uh-huh. Did you ever own a Nintendo? No, no, I, I ended up skipping past the Nintendo. It was something there. I played at friends' places, Duck Hunt and stuff like that. I was, that was a blast. I did love the Nintendo. But... Wait, what game? Duck, duck hunt. hunt. Say it again. Duck hunt. <laughs> yeah, three times fast. Duck hunt, duck hunt, duck, duck. <laughs> <laughs> so we played duck hunt. But no, uh, the first system, uh, similar to Mini there, it was, uh, it was Super Nintendo, and it had, it had Super Mario. And that one, that hours and hours of time, we, ended up, uh, we spent so much time there, we beat the all-star mode just to unlock every single thing to make sure everything was unlocked. Uh, that and still to this day, like I, I think that is my favorite system, the Super Super Nintendo. That was that was the system for us. And, and, t- and touching favorites. on the unlocking everything back mm-hmm. then, when you did stuff like that, you got nothing for it, no achievements, <laughs> nothing. Just you know, bragging rights to your friends at school. Other than that, there's no points. Respect. That's it. Yes. <laughs> and it wasn't really respected in most circles at that time. Just a very, very small group of people 
known as nerds. That's right. That is correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, just to, to be on the cusp of that or the end of that, I don't feel like we can talk about the Super Nintendo without me paying a little respect to my all-time favorite game, which was uh, Super Castlevania Four. Oh, and oh my god, I still play it oh. uh, to this day. And I, <laughs> I have it that I can speed run from the beginning to the end and kill Dracula in fifty-two minutes. That is my best time so far. And I will probably play it until the day that I die. I love it that much. Now you're going to have to post a video of that in fast mode one day. I'm going to. I absolutely should. I absolutely should. I have to get uh, the equipment equipment to uh, properly capture it. And then mm-hmm. I will do so because it's freaking awesome. I love that game. Nizum, did you ever have a Nintendo at all or was it just the Sega? It was. So my first Super Nintendo... I won. Um, there was a competition in what is another thing that's non-existent. You remember those things, those stores that had like racks full of CDs and vinyls and little listening booths, and you know you would go to the counter and be like, "I'd like to listen to this CD, please," and they put it in a little CD player, and then you'd go back to the little mm-hmm. little corner, put the headphones on, and listen. Well. One of those stores, a music store. Um, you know, some of them exist. Some of them still exist now that sell vinyl, less CD, more vinyl now. But mm-hmm. yeah, they were doing a competition and I bought some raffle tickets and my name happened to come across. So that was my first, my first Nintendo was a Super Nintendo, Super Mario World. Um, and I believe off the top of my head, it was Star Fox, which, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. Um, but before I actually won that, my first introduction to Nintendo, we went on on holiday. It was my first time leaving the country to go to Pakistan. And we had to stop off in Dubai. And my dad put, a whole ton of parts like land rover parts in that backpack so i'm like this little kid with a daffy duck backpack on walking running down heathrow airport with an alternator in the back as as hand luggage like yeah. that's oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i kid you not like because my, my dad like he went on this epic journey he drove uh, a land rover defender from the UK to Pakistan in the 80s. So, and parts were hard to get over there at that time. So we were at like, thanks. So my mum felt really bad about that. So on the way back, we stopped off in, in Dubai, um, duty free. And she bought me a, a little Game Boy with Tetris, um, just as a like, look, yeah, your dad made a mistake. We shouldn't have done that, but yeah. Here's something nice. So that was my first introduction to Nintendo. Um, and then I had my Super Nintendo, which, yeah, I still have a, uh, a love for all things Nintendo. Might not be on top of it all, but got a soft spot. Yeah. I still have my original Game Boy and my favorite game for it, Tetris. I love oh, Tetris God. so much. It so much. One. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Tetris. 
I played Tetris with Pyro once. I'm pretty sure it will never happen again. I hate that game. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so, it's, I hate that game because of, you know, the person that I also played that game with. Right. Miss Super right. Competitive. Yeah, probably no one will pay, play Tetris with me anymore. So <laughs> never seen it. <her. laughs> um, you you brought up an interesting uh, part of things with the music store, mm-hmm. and I don't know if anyone else had one. I'm sure all of us did. Oh yeah, Sam Goody. But F- one of my most Fye. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I got done oh. the question. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Settle down. One of my most prized possessions when I was growing up was my Walkman. And I remember Mm -hmm. having like the big clunky case that held all the cassettes and, you know, the shock absorption and everything else. Mm -hmm. Did you all have Walkmans as well? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. With those those headphones with like the little wire band. Yo, that um, would wear them long enough. And for me, they always cut into my ears and they were a bit, got a bit uncomfortable. Your hair would but... get caught in the wire <laughs> expandable thing to, for the oh. sizing. And remember when they got the, the shock proof? So it, it played, what, six seconds ahead? So you could shake it for a little bit. And oh, that, well, that was, that oh, was, that was a disc man. That was a disc, that was a disc man. man. That was a walk the man. Walkman. Yeah. Oh, God. The walkman's cassette yeah. tapes. The cassette tapes yeah. were you just you had to take like fourteen thousand pounds of equipment with you if you were yeah. going to school or you, the gym or something. Yeah. You wanted to hear a specific song, you would have to fast forward or rewind it. And then when yeah. you would get to the end of one side, you would have to take the tape and flip it over. And then the secret song at the end that you had to fast yes. forward to yep. get to. There was, yeah. I remember sitting on your bed on like Saturday morning making mixtapes off the radio <laughs> off that if you didn't record and stop. <laughs> like you'd be in the bathroom taking moment. a piss and all of a sudden you hear the song you've been waiting for the whole time fucking come exactly. on. Exactly. So like yep. you fucking you jump off the toilet, you run, you hit record, and then you let's like you already missed like forty seconds of it. So it's like the whole time you just go through the world only knowing, you know. And you would have to wait song. like a full day. At yep. times, just to hear it again, yeah. maybe. Yeah, because they don't. In hopes they, of catching it. And that was the thing about radio in the 90s, is you wouldn't hear the same song like you would today. Now, like in my office, we listen to, I don't, it doesn't matter what station we listen to, it sucks. Um, but like, I'll hear the same song at least four or five times in a shift. And it's usually, yeah. well, at one point in time, it was Drive by Olivia Rodrigo. Driver's Oof. License. And I fucking wanted to take the radio and I never wanted to take one, plug it in and jump in a tub more than I did (laughs) when I hear that song. And you get it still uh, with satellite radio is even worse. You get the same song, like the same set of songs every hour on the hour. It just rotates to the exact same set. Nope. Back then. But back then we didn't have that. No, unless it was a lot of people requesting the song. Or yeah. sometimes you could get like a top five on Thursdays or something like yeah. that. So they play the yeah, top, like top five songs. Yeah, be calling requests and be like, ooh, sorry, we just played that song like two hours ago. Exactly. So. If they're like, oh, I missed it. I've been waiting to record it on my mixtape all day. 
Oh, and or if there's a song you heard, you're like, what song is that? Now you're trying to remember how'd that song go? What were the words there? What is that new new band, that new song that I heard? You just you didn't have that that technology. At all. Mm-hmm. At all. And then in between the Walkman and the Discman, we started seeing the evolution of communication technology. And that was in and around when people started getting pagers. Yep. I loved and hated the introduction of pagers because it was either you had one because your parents had a lot of money and you were super popular or you were a drug dealer. There was really no in between. <laughs> or a doctor. <laughs> so a drug or dealer. Or a doctor. Doogie Hauser did exist, just saying. <laughs> Doogie Hauser. Yeah, yeah, that's the ball. Well, that's true. So um, I remember the evolution of the pager. Did you all have pagers as well? I did. Oh, I don't remember how old I was, but it was brief. Uh, I kept I... using it or it kept getting stolen. Mm. I had one in college, uh, and the only people who would use it would be my mom and dad. Like, we're going to be late to pick you up. And that's it. But it was never used for any other purpose whatsoever back then. Um, it was more of a, like, yes, yeah, I have this. It's just for us to contact you. And... Yeah, because <laughs> my parents weren't the best at timekeeping or anything like that. And uh, yeah, there have been one too many occasions where we've been left at the side where all the kids have left school. And we're just oh, like, no. mm. <laughs> they've forgotten about us. <laughs> they've forgotten about us. Um, oh Did you have one, Trevor? <laughs> I never had a pager when I was young, but when I turned 18, I ended up doing security. And the way for them to contact us when we did alarm response. So we would work overnight. So it might start at whatever it was, 8 or 9 o'clock at night, and then we wrap up at 6 in the morning. Uh, we would have alarm response. So any of the schools, if, if it was on a weekend there and they had an alarm or any businesses had an alarm, we would have to go deal with it in the daytime. So instead of having your you know 12 hours off or 8 hours off before you go back into work, we would have an alarm um, alarm response chance of this pager going off in the times you'd be sleeping. And it was uh, a friend of mine for, I think, about the last probably two to three months of my time at that company were alternating back and forth. So he was on one week, and then I was on one week, and we just hated this dreaded pager. I don't even don't even think about pagers anymore, but we had it, and they were so, intrus- and so intrusive. They were so loud, and uh, they, they definitely worked. That's uh, that's one thing about that. Oh, they definitely right. got your attention. <laughs> yes. There was no mistaking the sound of a pager. Now, yeah. I remember when the pager then got into owning your very own cell phone. And how amazing I felt when I got my first cell phone at 16, which really, it was just a technological brick that had numbers on it that you could occasionally talk to your friends on if it worked maybe for an exorbitant amount of money what 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 was the kind of cell phone you first had my first cell phone was my sweet 16 present from my parents and it was a qualcomm yep same brand it was it was um the 
I can't, it was like the 1850 or something, and it looked like, for all intent and purpose, a dick, but flat, <laughs> because it had like the big bulbous end, and then it just like skinnied out to the keypad, so it was like, whoop. So it did, it looked like a penis. Yep. Still kicking that, around here somewhere. <laughs> my, I think I think it was the exact same phone that I ended up getting that uh, when same thing. The exact when, same phone. Exact same phone because my my parents wanted to get a hold of me when I was doing securities. I started that when I was seventeen, and it was the same thing. It was well, we you know get a hold of you there when you, when you're out or for safety there and you're you're driving and all all of the above there. It was the exact same phone and what a brick. Oh man, I remember my <laughs> aunt had like a cell phone in like the early 90s and it was like it looked like a satellite walkie-talkie like you see movies <laughs> like yep about the size of my forearm and like you look like a tiny human talking on a normal like house phone on it because it was and so huge you're talking kind of the Zach Morris uh, Saved by the Bell It's actually phone. really funny <laughs> yes. because the first memory I have of anything resembling a cell phone was my my dad he was a manager for bell canada and he was on the road a lot and this was back you know late 80s early 90s and they gave him a briefcase phone wow and what a briefcase (laughs) phone was was it was it literally it was so big it looked like a briefcase Because that housed all of the wiring and technology and everything else you needed to run the stupid thing. And the phone receiver sat on top and it was wired into this briefcase-looking power pack. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And he ran the innovative division at that point. That was the payphone. Oh, man. (laughs) State-of-the-art. Yeah. See, and that's the thing, too, like, going back, like, between pagers and cell phones. Like, if you had a pager, you know you always had a pocket full of quarters because we would have to call on a pay phone, which was a phone usually outside of a convenience store or close by to a bus stop. Yes. And sometimes even when you had a cell phone, you would opt for the pay phone the option pay phone. anyway, because I don't know if anyone had this problem. But my parents bought me my cell phone. They told me to use it as I saw fit. They would pay the bill and everything else until the bell, bill would come in and I would get yelled at because oh, it would yeah. be so high. Yep. And uh, and they're like, do you realize, you now for a younger generation of listeners, a text message was anywhere between 25 cents to 75 cents per message. Per message. Now think about how much you text between your friends. And then think about how much just one conversation truly would have cost you. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have those those same kind of rates and issues where you were in a Zoom? It was a lot worse. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, so you're talking cents. We're talking, yeah, it was 50, to, 50 pounds to a pound. Like, so my first, my first phone was a hand-me-down Um it was my my brother and sister at the time were at university. Um, they upgraded their phone, and it was a brick. And best way to describe it is get find the fattest dildo, sit on it, and then you know, just stretch it out a bit. 
attach you really paint the picture so I have an antenna to it so it smells funny (laughs) well you could have put it up up places where uh, you know where it didn't belong it would easier fit you could have easier if you ran out of uh, if you wanted to really try to test the vibrate function you know it's mm-hmm. a great, it was great, uh, you know, served the second purpose, man. <laughs> <laughs> My first cell phone didn't even have How text messaging. up here? It's <laughs> <laughs> um, uncanny. But, but yeah, in terms of, in terms of minutes, it's like the, the, the price plans are lucrative. Now, in terms of, like over here, everything was ridiculously expensive. Like we all always had, or it always felt like um, everyone across the pond would get better technology, better phones, better price plans, all of that stuff. And then the UK, like we're here and we're like, mm, we get like awful stuff and awful stuff. Like it, it didn't pick up. Like I didn't, my first phone was, was yeah. Always getting shouted that for high bills, um, tax messages, you know, 250 tax, 250 yeah. messages that, you know, and it wouldn't even or link Call me after like... 9 p.m. because my minutes are free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> free nights and so, weekends, baby. Yeah, so most of the time we all just kind of started using our cell phones as spiffier pagers just because we didn't want to deal with the wrath of our parents that were going to get a monstrous bill in a couple yeah. of weeks. See, my first or, cell phone was a Razor, Motorola Razor Flip, and it was before... Um, I no, it was those. a StarTac. <laughs> no, it was a StarTac flip phone. That's right, it was a StarTac flip phone. And I had to have one because, of course, my high school was like the rich prep kid school. Which I wasn't one of those mm-hmm. kids, but so my aunt had got me one. No, there was no texting. It was analog, analog friggin' cell phone, and I had it for about a month. And then the first bill came in, and it was over five hundred dollars. Oh, oh my, oh my god! Yep. Yeah. So that that phone yeah. was taken away. Yeah. <laughs> so I go, well, that was a fun week and a half. It was like America Online all over again. How the hell did you spend $500? <laughs> now, here's a question. So as we're going through our history, and this might be a tough one for some people, but what was the first piece of technology that you bought with your own money and it made you feel like a total rock star? Oh, wow. Pyro. Uh, my Xbox. The first Xbox was the first um, piece of technology that I bought with my own money. And then after that was a Blu-ray player. Oh, wow. Yep. But the first Xbox. Trevor? Oh boy, go on to Nazum. I'm trying to think what what really what knocked my socks off. Okay. All right, Nazum, over to you. For me, <laughs> <laughs> I know this one perfectly. For me, it was the original PlayStation. Like, oh my god, that thing I saved up for it. I was in high school at the time. I was pulling shifts in the shop and doing everything. Like my mum and dad were like, "Nope, we're not buying you that." Like education. You have to focus on religious stuff, blah, 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 all of that stuff, right? And <laughs> um, I 
literally like they weren't against me buying it they were just like we're not we're not buying it for you you want it you earn it you you save for it you buy it so i managed to save up and it, this was just like so it's at that point i made that this little tradition where every birthday i will buy myself something nice and i bought it just after my birthday i can't remember what year it was but it was a bundle and i was sat there for about two and a half hours looking at the christmas offers and the bundles like what games it came with and what i could get because i had enough for the console and then three or four games or maybe one of the newer games and i ended up settling for tekken ridge racer and time crisis if i recall correctly because it came with a funky light gun and yeah <laughs> that that honestly just being able to point a gun at a screen and shoot but i'm not mm-hmm. sure if that came after like it's it was so long ago um but yeah the light guns absolutely. the light guns Nintendo, so for me so a little bit of back history i was I wasn't a street kid, but I started living on my own when I was 16 years old. So I never really had a lot of money to do anything besides, you know, rent and eat. So um, very soon after I started getting on my feet, I ended up pregnant with my first kid. So I didn't get to buy really anything for myself until I was about... 25 years old and i remember buying a 50 inch plasma tv and it came in and the damn thing cost me like 2300 bucks at the time and i remember it came through the door when it was delivered and i sat down and i i saw my two-year-old staring up at what he called the giant tv And I sat down and I just cried because for me, that was kind of the moment I realized that I had pulled myself out was when I was able to buy this TV for my house and my child. That was, I managed to pull myself out. So it was a huge moment for me. That's the, just that you've made it feeling, eh? Yeah, like, oh my God, I've actually done something enough, significant enough in my life that I could afford this. Yeah, it's no, it's no longer. Do I do laundry this week or do I eat? So that was a really huge moment for me, which I'm sure it probably was very similar for you and your Xbox Pyro. Oh, sorry. Can you repeat the question? I was yelling at my kid. Oh boy, it was. I was saying that um, my my TV was my symbol to me that I had made it and pulled myself out of the harder times that I have been through financially, especially. Um, And I would remember it was probably a very comparable feeling to how you were when you got your Xbox. My Xbox. Yeah. That was like, it was great because again, I, I was still in school raising my kid working. So when I did have five minutes to myself, it's not like I was running out anywhere fun i was hanging out and playing xbox you know <laughs> playing yeah uh, flip uh, but it was uh, money that you had that you didn't have to spend on food or bills or diapers it was just something you you had I mean, to, to be honest i probably should have spent it on those things but i was like you know what that baby mama used to we used to get evicted a lot because her mom would get her britney spears tickets over paying the rent 
So I figured oh, nice. if, if we could do that, then I'm going to spend my money on a flipping Xbox, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it was I get an that. amazing feeling. Oh, man. Something to look forward to. Oh, absolutely. Now, um, just to wrap this up here, because we're getting on in time, I'm going to briefly touch down on next week's episode, and then we'll do wrap-ups with uh, my last question. Well, so I, do next- have, I do have one interesting bit of technology, thinking about when I thought I was pretty cool. Okay. If we got a moment. Yep, go for it. It was a little bit different on the technology side, but uh, something that, again, we don't see much of anymore was subwoofers in the back of a car. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. right. <laughs> so that, because you're talking about something about when you thought you were cool, when you, when just that, that kind of, I don't know if you've made it sort of thing, but I remember I, I saved up a lot of money because it was, it was like a, a wiring harness for the deck. It was the deck. It was uh, the power for it there, the capacitor, the box, the like bandpass box, the imp- subwoofers. <laughs> I have an important mm-hmm. follow-up question for you, Trevor. Okay. Was that the same subwoofer that used to rattle the windows of White Lightning? Uh, that probably would have been it. Yep, Phoenix Golds. <laughs> I can't remember what the amplifier was. I remember the, the speakers were Phoenix Golds, but that was something there because that was kind of like... You could show everybody it too. It wasn't. It wasn't a TV. It was something there in your car. Just that that rattling going yeah, on was, there. Yeah, you would gather mm-hmm. in like parking lots and stuff. Like, oh, check yeah. out my subwoofer, and it, you know it's worth more than the car. Oh but... yeah, big time. More than a car buying. Yeah. <laughs> no, Trevor, I can I can totally relate to that because I had exactly the same thing in my car. <laughs> yeah well that was a big thing because everybody could hear you everybody and you could get the underground lights and that stuff that that was kind of something for oh, me the that... in-car black lights yes yeah 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 i never went that far i don't drive so i've never well okay i shouldn't say i've never owned a car i have owned a car but i don't drive uh don't ask me how that one works that will be for a future podcast <laughs> i've always I've drove never... a soccer mom car <laughs> always so there was no point of putting anything in there in fact i had one car and it had a decent radio in it but it was not put in properly so when i would turn the radio on my headlights turned off <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's either or so obviously no so i had to rewire it in like it was just crazy how i did it and then i used house speakers Instead of the car speakers, just to listen to. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, well, it got to a point where I said screw it and just grab, bought like a travel radio. <laughs> oh, but it's so that's fun amazing. Because, <laughs> because you just wind the windows down, summer's day, have the sunroof open, and then just blast music out, and people could hear you coming off. And for me at that time, I was heavy into rap, so it was always Rough Riders and DMX and yeah, um, <laughs> Wu Tang and all. I see, it's stuff. so funny because at this age now, when one of those guys drive down my street th- these days, I'm like yelling out my window <laughs> for them to turn it the fuck down because I have shaking your children broom. in the house. It's like, are we having an earthquake? <laughs> no, the neighbor's teenage son broom. is coming. Just the I, can't, I can't shake my broom right now. It's still in the shop. I accidentally ran to the side of the house coming back with groceries the other day. You wish. So, next week on our April the 1st broadcast, we are That's playing our week? first... That is next week. Oh, we are playing yes. our first game of Spit 
or swallow. And what that entails is we are going to be asking each other, which is between me, Pyro, and Nazum, some really personal and intimate questions. We have the option that we can spit out our answer, but if we choose not to, we have to take a shot of alcohol and swallow that down. So that should prove to be an absolute fucking disaster. Please tune in and see what ensues from that because I'm, I'm terrified. That's perfect. I'm excited, that on that but day. I'm terrified. Because it's my weekend. Yes, yeah, and it falls on April Fool's Day. Well, that so is my weekend off. So you want to talk about being serendipitous. <laughs> and this is not an April <laughs> Fool's joke. This is legit that... happening. This is not. This is actually happening. It just so happened to land on April the 1st, so I kind of feel that it's appropriate for us to be our normal goofy jackass selves and let everyone kind of get to know us for the crazy people we truly are. Amen to that. So is there anything that anyone wants to add to this beautiful conversation that we've just had about our past technology? I, I do. Um, going back to the very start of I was going to say stream, but no podcast. Um, we were talking about how crazy film has gotten um, across our generation and like technological advances in film and how there's like one guy who's their specific job is like hair movement in the wind. Yes. Well, I need to just let everybody know that there was one specific job in the musical uh, film version of Cats of a guy to go and at first attach all the cat butts to all the actors digitally <laughs> and make sure that they were colored properly. <laughs> and then they had to hire a completely different person later on after reviewing the film and realizing maybe they don't need anuses. So some guy got paid to go back and remove all cat anuses from the actors and there you go that's my two cents and I'm oh my god oh my god that's oh amazing god. i would just like to say imagine being that guy and saying i am the guy that removed the anuses from the cats i don't right? know which would be worse yeah. be like i'm i'm the cat anus guy or yeah i color tips of the penises on dildos yeah i don't know right? how that that's the thing. everyone it's all important. It's all important because everyone has their task, right? Somebody has to be painting the cat's ass. Somebody has to be making the dildos. Right? Yeah. I mean, we have to live well, not so much for the cat well, ass, but I mean, do you think it would be a, that you just need? Do you think there'd be like the uh, quality tester of the dildos? Like, what? What would that entitle? You know, like look for Oh, this is way too big. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> It's just not doing you know the what? job. I'm gonna have to look into that now because now I'm curious. Now I'm curious. <laughs> I want to know what it would entail to be a certified dildo tester. Oh man, <gasps> a girl can dream, right? Which, sorry, just to throw this in there, did you know that the first powered vibrator was conceived from a steam-powered machine invented by a doctor? who had it in his office because his arm used to get tired from masturbating women because he used to think that, or well, they back in those days used to think that women being horny was actually a form of hysteria. Yep. Oh, man. Not well, even kidding. I wish. Not even kidding. No, you want to talk wish... about primitive technology, imagine... I wish like, there was the power. of a <laughs> train wheel... 
I'd say I need a time Pumping machine. this piece of metal <laughs> into your hoo-ha. What's your job title? I'm a doctor, and you look like you're going hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Step into my office. <laughs> Dr. Love, here I am. <laughs> Get it, just gonna... With that, please take us out. Oh, man. All right. So that is it of uh, this edition of And I'm All Set, where we discussed uh, growing up and the dawn of technology for entertainment. And we will go steam specifically. Yeah, steam powered dildos. In my day, <laughs> we used to have to get gasoline and. Pull a cord to get our dildos to work. Okay, sorry. This one's for the ladies. I'm cutting you off for a second. This That's one's for fine. the ladies. Talk about technological advancement. How great is it now that vibrators are rechargeable and no longer run off AA batteries? Amen. <laughs> if you care to comment on that at all, look us up on Twitter at and I'm all set podcast and please leave a comment. I want to hear what your opinion is. And, and it's, I believe it's, and I'm all set cast because I couldn't. Is that not pod. what I said? You said podcast. Oh, crap. I'm sorry. That's and all right. I'm all set cast. That's and my fault. You will have difficult. myself or one of these lovely gentlemen answer it for you. So please check it out. There's nothing there. It's a barren wasteland. Please contribute. Oh, yeah. Well, that will be changing soon. Oh. Yeah. So sorry, Pyro. That's fine. I was just going to touch upon, you know, how especially <laughs> uh, the pricing changes between cell phones from back in the day versus now, where now it's like unlimited for like, like for me, it's $50 a month unlimited. Well, mm -hmm. you know, not exactly unlimited, unlimited to a point um, <laughs> versus, you know, by the minute. And as far as those $500 cell phone bills that I used to get and get in a lot of trouble for, this is Pyro, yeah. Mini, Nazoom, and Trevor, and we're all set. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a good night.